A vengeance. <sighs> Here I am. It's uh, wait, what night is it? Oh, it's it's after midnight, so that means it's Wednesday, August twenty eighth, two thousand nineteen. The days they slip away like sand through the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. Um, time is a construct, but are we aging? Yes. Um, do things seem to get worse with time? <laughs> yeah, you know, a little bit. Some things. Some things are getting worse with time. I took a break, obviously, from the podcast for the last couple of weeks. Well, I didn't do. I didn't put up an episode last week, and I'll be honest. It's because my mental health was spiraling. <laughs> I was not doing well last week. Um, And that's fine. You know, it's normal to not be doing well sometimes. I think a lot of people get caught up in this idea that, you know, you need to feel good at all times. You need to feel happy at all times. That's just unrealistic. I mean, the only people who feel happy at all times are vapid, shallow, useless people who I don't want to know. Okay? Real human beings, they have complex emotions. They're up, they're down. They're all around, you know, I'm not saying they're like mentally unstable, but have I been mentally unstable in my life? Yeah, I have. Was I mentally unstable last week? Yeah, I was. You know, sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. She said as she bites into a Trader Joe's mango mochi. Um, Listen, folks, last week wasn't good for me. I was filled with crippling anxiety. And normally I'm not someone who is anxious. I'm more of a depressed type. But I have a few things going on in my life that are worrisome to me right now. And I I think it was like last Monday. I was like, I was having nightmares. (laughs) Just like straight up fucking nightmares. Then after a nightmare, I I couldn't go back to sleep. I was laying in bed like wide awake. You ever do that? You're laying in bed wide awake, just like looking at the ceiling, thinking about what a failure you are, you know, in your studio apartment. But you're not a failure if you can afford to live alone in Los Angeles, California, which I can. So, um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a good time for me last week. And I don't need to fill you in on the sordid details. Just know that parts of my life may be in shambles. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> shambles see that's what i said i i I, so i saw my therapist over the weekend not bragging about my lifestyle but um that's just what i do sometimes i go to see my therapist on the weekend 
And I, I walk in and immediately I say my life is in shambles. <laughs> and she laughs. She laughs because, well, I mean, I'm a very funny person. But, you know, she laughs because she doesn't believe me. And, you know, I go on to explain what's going on. And she said that my life isn't in shambles. I was like, fuck, what am I paying you for? But whatever. She does agree with me about uh, things like uh, signs and synchronicities and numerology. <laughs> See, that's how you know you live in Los Angeles when you uh, can go to your therapist's office and bring up signs you've been seeing in numerology. <laughs> and they agree with you about that. And then, and, then, and then they're telling you about like master numbers and shit like that. 22, 44, 444, 222, 1111. Look, I don't know what to tell you. If I had had, you know, more of a normal childhood, I don't even know what that means, normal. If, if I had had parents who had an ounce of self-worth, <laughs> I think that's more realistic. I was, I was raised by two people with low self-esteem and low expectations who really had no ability to... I don't even know what the word is. I mean, both of my parents wanted to be rich, right? But they didn't want to do anything to do it. <laughs> they wanted to play the lotto. They played the lotto every week, twice a week. You know what I thought about that? I thought it was bullshit. You know? I don't play the lotto. I'm so I'm so against it. Like, if they ever have a lotto pool in the office. I'm I'm the first person who's like, "No, we don't need to do this." You know. And it's true though. What office lotto pool has ever won the fucking powerball? You know who wins the powerball? It's always some like some person in some like rural town, you know, they may not have all their teeth. They probably have tried meth. If they're not a full-blown meth addict. Okay. The people who win the lotto don't work in offices. Okay. And and if they did, could you imagine just like the violence that would ensue over like 30 people who put their, their money into the office lotto pool? That It sounds fucking ridiculous. You know? So yeah, I don't play the office lotto pool because it's unrealistic and you're not going to win. You're better off putting whatever, like 10 or $20 into an IRA or something. Sorry, I know that's boring, but whatever. What do I know? I have poor parents. <laughs> should, should that be the title of my autobiography about finance? No, I should write a finance book and it's called I Have Poor Parents. And... I don't like it. Um, yeah. So I saw my parents when I was growing up. See, we're already like getting like deep into this shit because <laughs> it's already getting deep. And I haven't even talked about like the number one thing I need to talk about on the podcast today. But my parents, I turned out to be like total opposite of them. I mean, I'm not saying they were like totally like lazy useless people I'm just saying like they both had kind of like a low self-worth and low self-esteem 
And that kind of like expressed itself in the way that they treated me and my sister and the way they treated themselves. And one of my parents, I won't say who, uh, they especially struggle with, you know, like feelings of worthlessness and, and uh, low self-esteem. And that, frankly, that's why they're miserable. And they don't want to get help. They don't care. They don't want to do anything. I suggested to them, why don't you try therapy? And they said to me, I'm not wealthy like you. <laughs> See, my parents have some idea that I'm wealthy. I'm not wealthy, okay? I don't know how to prove that to you. I drive a Honda Civic Hybrid, paid off. Maybe that that is wealthy to some people. I live in a studio apartment in a questionable neighborhood in Los Angeles. To to others, that may be a sign of wealth also. I'm eating Trader Joe's Mango Mochi in bed at midnight. That could be a sign of wealth as well. But um, overall, no, I'm not wealthy. I don't have a trust fund. I don't have like excessive savings. I, I need to be saving more. I'm kind of bad at it. I'm I'm trying, you know. We're trying our best out here. <sighs> they think I'm wealthy because I went to Europe this summer. But guess what? Still paying for that trip. <laughs> I guess my point is, if you're, listen, if you're a young kid, teenager, whatever, if you're a fan of mine and you're listening, you know, at home, in your bedroom, surrounded by posters of like, who do the kids like these days? Sean Mendes? Ariana Grande? I don't know. Whoever the fuck you like. If you're sitting there and you think, wow, my life is terrible. And if if part of the reason why your life is terrible right now is because of your parents, just know that you can change that. I'm not suggesting patricide. <laughs> no. Go to therapy. I suggest it to everyone. I think if you haven't been to therapy by a certain age, I'll say like 30, you should go. I mean, like, you don't have to have necessarily something wrong to go, you know? It's not about that. It's just about, you know, bettering yourself and being aware of your mental health and, you know, habits that you have and working on self-esteem. I mean, self-esteem is something that I was raised to not have, you know. Uh, My parents just love to criticize me in many ways. Oh, this is going to tie into something I want to talk about. Uh, Yeah, so my parents, like, they love to criticize me when I was growing up. They love to, you know, talk about my body. Uh, I think I remember... My dad started telling me I was fat when I was like 13 years old. And so I was like 13 years old. I was the same height I am now, probably like 5'10", 5'11". And I wore a size 4 in Abercrombie and Fitch jeans. That is small. So I was 5'10 and wearing a size 4. That's extremely thin. And my father would tell me that I was fat. And I wasn't fat. I mean, what it is, is that he had such a low self-worth and low opinion of himself 
that he felt the need to bring me down. And what kind of parenting is that? That's not good parenting. It's bad parenting. So part of the reason why I'm in therapy is to recover from poor parenting. Okay. And it's, it's taken years. I've been in therapy on and off for 19, 20 years. And I have no shame in saying that. I enjoy it. I think it's good for you. It's healthy. I am extremely aware of my mental health patterns, you know, but you know, that's not good. I didn't grow up in a household where I felt safe and loved and protected. So this is something that I continue to struggle with, especially in romantic relationships. I feel that I'm often attracted to men who are I mean, I'll say it like mean guys. I'm into like, you know, guys who are kind of mean assholes, you know, and I'm not proud of that. And I've started like getting really like fed up with some of that type of behavior from guys, you know, how long am I going to put up with it? I'm 32 years old, you know, I survived uh, an abusive relationship. I never want to be in a situation like that again. You know, that was a powerful lesson learned. And I guess I'm just like still learning how to protect myself, to protect, you know, the inner child inside of me that never felt protected. (sighs) That's really deep and we're only 12 minutes in. But listen, that's the way it goes. So this past week, and in in, look, this is leading into something I wanted to talk about. So I, I have felt repeatedly in my life that uh, some people have a real problem with me, my personality, and just, I guess, the way I carry myself. Um, I'm pretty unapologetic. Uh, I come off as confident and sure of myself, which I am, I am pretty sure of myself. Um, I think I'm attractive, smart, hardworking, funny, you know, like all of those qualities I have, I have them, I know, and I know I have them. Okay. And sometimes people don't like that. People don't like when someone's confident. When I say someone who's confident, I mean a woman who's confident. Okay. And no, I'm not going to turn this into some like, feminist message. I mean, it's not really about that, even though, yes, I am a feminist. I think that word, unfortunately, has been uh, misconstrued and drugged through the mud recently. But I there was an incident recently where a man tried to insult me. Okay. And he tried to insult me in my own house, which is the world famous comedy store on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> this is true. So the other night, Sunday night, I went to the uh, set of the night open mic. Okay, it's an open mic where whoever gets the set of the night gets to do a potluck spot on Monday night. Okay, and I did a set. My set was fine. I get off the stage. The next guy goes up and he decides to insult me for no reason at all. Literally no reason at all. This guy goes up and he goes, give it up. For Shrek's girlfriend, if she was Jewish. First of all, sir, this is an open mic and not a roast. Uh, Second of all, I'm not Jewish. 
I'm Italian and Latina. Okay. If you had been paying attention at the open mic, you would know that, you know, from hearing my last name being called, but you know, you're a fucking idiot. So, (laughs) uh, and then, well, the other aspect of it is like, okay, what, what does that even mean? So what if I did look Jewish? Like where, where is, what are you trying to say? Like, are you mad that you've been waiting late to go on stage and you decided to take it out on someone who wasn't the host because she's a woman? Is that what you're trying to do? (laughs) I mean, I really was like shocked that this guy did this and people were booing him. Like once he did that and I, and I shouted from the back, I'm like, what did you just say? And he goes, I said, (laughs) he doubles down. He goes, I said, you look like Shrek's girlfriend. If she was Jewish, I was like, I'm not Jewish. I'm Latina. And and he goes, well, you look Jewish. <laughs> Just like tripling down on this shit. And first of all, I hate when people say that you look Jewish. It doesn't even make sense because Jewish isn't a race. It's an ethno-religious identity. Like anybody could be Jewish. Like Sammy Davis Jr. was Jewish, right? But like, does he look Jewish? Like, what does that even mean? What are you saying? You don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. You don't even know what you're talking about, fucker. So, so then he goes, you look Jewish. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? And then like people, people are booing him in the room. Because like people in there know me, people in the room knew me. Okay. And they didn't like this. They didn't like that he was disrespecting me. And then he's on stage. He goes, what just happened? You know, he like has no idea why everybody's upset with him. And I shout again, I go, you're disrespecting a known comic in the room, (laughs) which is true. I mean, I am known at the comedy store. I've been going there for five years now, at least. And this guy decides to come into a place where people know me. I've, established myself as an upcoming comic and this guy is just like blatantly insulting me from the stage from a stage where might i add i've had some legendary performances on roast battle okay literally legendary like there are young kids who are open mic young kid open micers come up to me and they're like you're a legend and does it make me sad at the age of 32 to be called a legend a little bit a little bit <laughs> but it's also pretty cool okay so this asshole you know he's he's like oh let me do a joke that i'm working on and i don't even remember what it was it sucked he sucked you know people didn't like him then he tries to roast some guy in the audience he calls him mr ed you know one of the classic roasts Telling someone they look like a horse. Wow. Original. I don't know what this guy's name was. Oh, yeah. So the last thing I said to him when he was up there, I said, you must have never been here before. And he goes, no, I haven't. This is my first time here. And well, listen, that makes sense because you don't know who I am. (laughs) And again, not to brag, not to brag about my lifestyle, not to brag about my reputation but yeah people know who i am in la comedy i'm sorry 
They do. And, and that's because I've been out there. I've been out on stage hustling for years in Los Angeles. Okay. A lot of people know who I am and people at the comedy store know who I am. And there were a lot of my friends in the room that night. This guy don't even know what his, I have no idea what his name is. I don't give a fuck. He's way too old to be doing open mics. I know that he's like, he had to be like early forties. I'm, I don't know. He was awful. He's never going to make it. He's never going to make it. Yeah. So there's an example of a man trying to insult me for no reason at all. Doesn't even make sense. I had a good set too. I mean, it was good enough for like, you know, 1am in the belly room. So whatever. Fuck that guy. He's not going to have a career. I mean, if I see him again, though, I'm definitely going to uh, say something. (laughs) I'm going to get in his face. See, that's another thing is like, I hate when people fuck with me because like, well, I mean, if you know me, if you like follow me on Twitter or wherever, like you should know that my mental health is precarious. (laughs) That I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, what's the word? Reactionary. I'm a little reactionary. I might get in your face. I really don't give a fuck. Like, I really thought about breaking a beer bottle over this guy's head. I don't care. Would I have gone to jail? Probably not. I mean, would I have gotten a ban? Uh, who knows? But he was an asshole. I, I, I can't believe I literally almost wanted to fight a guy. But, you know, that's what you got to do sometimes. Got to protect yourself out there uh another man tried to insult me recently on a beloved dating app hinge hinge is literally the worst dating app in the world i i've never met anyone from it actually i've never met anyone from an app ever because the conversations go literally nowhere the men are cowards and they don't ask you out okay So this guy, he sends me a little message on my, he likes my picture and he sends me a little message. All it said was hi with six eyes. Hi with six eyes. I mean, talk about, talk about a a romantic man, you know, man, I was in love instantly. What an intellectual, you know, one word spelled incorrectly for exaggerative purposes <laughs> i mean like what kind of a man is that I'd, i'm not interested in dating a man who says hi with six eyes i'm really not i'm sorry i'm really not are, are you going to tell me what you're reading at the dinner table at night do you read can you read i mean what kind of a man are you I don't understand. I like I like smart guys, you know. Even if I do like assholes, I like my my asshole men to be smart. They have to know some things, okay? This guy didn't look like he knew shit. And I was kind of uh I mean, I wasn't even trying to be like totally incendiary, but I just like responded back to his message and all I said was bye with six E's at the end. <laughs> That's how people say it, right? Bye. So crazy. Um, 
That's all I said. And yeah, I was being kind of facetious. I mean, I I would never say that in real life. IRL. Um, so this guy decides to write me back. And he's mad. Okay. And he writes, Bye, giant. <laughs> Bye, giant. And then he sends another message. Because he's not done. Right? This is where this is where these guys get crazy. So he wrote he writes with a face and height like that period should be a comma. I wouldn't be so picky, hun H U N here he uses a comma. You the letter U should take what you can get. But now that I see you're rude on top of that no comma, just makes you, the letter U, that much nastier. I mean, how much do you even weigh, LMAO? So this is a... (laughs) This guy, I mean, first of all, obviously this guy wanted to fuck me, right? And now he's mad. He's fucking mad that I don't want his dick. He's angry. This This is incel 101 incel 101 this is what these clowns do they they get rejected then they get mad and then well number one they call you fat i the first of all you he says you should take what you can get well i've had sex with millionaires i mean (laughs) i've had i've had sex with like sons of oligarchs Okay. This guy has no idea what he's talking about. You know, he literally is clueless. He's out of his element. Also with a face like that, with a perfect face, you mean this, this perfect fucking face. Are you serious? Get the fuck out of here. Dudes are so mad when you don't want to fuck them. It's it's 2019. Men are going fucking wild. They're going wild if you don't immediately want to suck their dick. But what are they offering? They send you a message that says hi with six eyes. Well, actually, I think it's like seven eyes that I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. It might be seven eyes. Hi. What am I supposed to do with that? That's not it's not a question. How are you? How's your day going? What do you like to do? I don't know. Ugh. This guy's name is Steven. I put the unedited screenshot on my Twitter. I don't care. It shows his last name. It shows his face. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I wouldn't be so picky. Listen, it's easy for women to have sex. If I wanted to have sex right now, I let's see, it's it's twelve thirty AM. I could go go to a bar. I could I could go visit the Virgil right now, which is obviously that's my favorite dating app. It's the Virgil. I've met men there before. Um and I would just like pick up a guy and have sex. It's easy to have sex. It's the easiest thing to do. What's what's not easy is finding an actual 
relationship, especially in Los Angeles. I mean, these men, they're... I don't even know what to call it anymore. They're lacking something. They're Peter Pans, a lot of them. I don't even I don't even know. It's frustrating dating here. I feel like I'm going to have to like move out of the city to find someone to be with. So, we'll see. Face at a height like that. Yeah. Tall and beautiful, you know. And obviously he was attracted to me, so he's kind of like putting himself down by doing this. You know. He obviously likes tall girls, right? Nothing wrong with that. This guy hates himself. <laughs> you know, psychology 101. Oh, and then he sent me a, la- a third message. I haven't said anything except bye. And he goes, got to go. Have a nice day, wannabe lawyer. He called me a wannabe lawyer, and that's not true. Yeah, I do work as a paralegal. It says that on my profile. I don't want to be a lawyer. If if I wanted to be a lawyer, I would be a lawyer. I'm not an idiot, okay? It's the worst time in American history to become a lawyer. <laughs> There's so many, like, so many lawyers without jobs. Anyway, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Stephen... Poor Stephen. Look, I I wish Stephen well. I hope he finds a therapist worth their salt who can help him. I mean, when you go from zero to 90 like that in two seconds, you're clearly extremely potentially violent. Red flag, baby. Bullet dodged. So, yeah. Stephen is not having any sex. Um current events uh let's talk movies real quick i saw a few movies recently um just a couple quick reviews um where'd you go bernadette uh possibly the worst movie ever made uh (laughs) this is the new uh richard uh linkladder film with kate blanchett i did i don't know the book i'm not familiar with the book all I know is is that this movie really upset me. It was bad. Um, first of all, it's about an extremely rich woman. I'm not even talking about like slightly rich. I mean, her husband is basically, you know, like the equivalent of Steve Jobs. And they live in Seattle and like, you know, he works for Microsoft, but he's like, whoever would be like the head of it's not called like he would be like the head guy like not a ceo but like he'd be yeah like it's like the president or whatever he'd be like paul allen someone like that and she's uh an architect wow right i mean a celebration of oligarchs american oligarchs you know and uh their daughter the daughter of the couple she wants to go to Antarctica. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, this whole movie was bad. Don't see it. I think Richard Linklater, I mean, <laughs> Boyhood was terrible enough. Like, I hate that. I hate Boyhood. I think it's the worst movie he ever made. 
I think he is really uh, he's past his prime oh i mean my favorite link ladder films are you know the before sunset trilogy obviously before sunrise being the best one the original so don't see it don't see where'd you go burn it at there were a lot of old people in the theater too and they like I don't think they liked it either. I think they hated it. I think everyone in the theater hated it. <laughs> I think the consensus was bad. So don't see it. Uh, then I saw I saw Ready or Not, which is, I guess I would describe it as a dark comedy slash horror film. And maybe you've seen the trailer for this. So it's about uh, a woman who is marrying into a wealthy family. And the family, of course, is fucked up, right? Again, with the fucked up oligarchs, right? Rich American people are fucked up, right? That's This is the theme of a lot of things in the pod today. And, okay, so they're playing a game. So the family is rich from a company that makes board games, literally, and the family is playing a game and the game is called hide and seek, but it's not, you know, your normal hide and seek. They're hunting the bride. They literally have to kill the bride before sunrise. Not even making this up. So that's what the movie's about. I don't want to like spoil it. it. It was actually pretty good. I was really surprised at some of the stuff they did in the movie. And honestly, like... A, a a dark comedy, you know, I don't remember the last time I saw a really well done dark comedy. It's a difficult genre to pull off, you know, um, and this was pretty well done. I think people really enjoyed it in the audience. Um, I just cl- clicked on black comedy on Wikipedia. Well, I mean, you could call it dark comedy, yeah, but black comedy. And it has like a list of movies that are considered black comedies. And it has Once Upon a Time in Hollywood listed as a black comedy. I don't know if I agree with that. It's kind of interesting that it they have that there. Um, hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a black comedy. I would call it like more of a dramedy. Well, actually, but the ending is more of like black comedy. We've already talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so I won't bore you with that again. Um, but yeah, go see Ready or Not. Um, it is like kind of violent. It's not too bad. I mean, I don't think it's like triggering, but it was good. Uh, oh, Adam Brody is in it. I don't know where he's been. Oh, he's married to Leighton Meester still. Married in 2014. One child. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, he's 39. I'm Now I'm just like <laughs> reading these facts about Adam Brody that I had no idea about. I didn't think he was 39. I mean, I thought he was maybe like 35, but I guess, I guess that makes sense that he's 39. Because on the OC, he would have been... See, because usually on, like, these, like, teen shows, you're, like, 30 playing a teenager. So that kind of makes sense. So, yeah, in 2003, he would have been 23. 
Okay, that's fine. He's still pretty good looking. That's my controversial opinion on Adam Brody. <laughs> still pretty good looking. Um, and then the last movie I saw was The Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay, and how do I explain this movie? Okay, so I'm not sure who produced this movie, but it's about um, this kid with Down Syndrome. I think he's like maybe like 22 years old and he lives in a nursing home. Uh, They're somewhere on the outer banks of North Carolina, like living on an island out there. And he keeps trying to escape the nursing home. He doesn't want to be in there. And um, his hero is a pro wrestler named the, uh, what's his name? Fuck. Oh, Saltwater Redneck. Okay. So he's in the nursing home. Bruce Dern is in it. He's his roommate. And he's constantly making him watch this like pro wrestling video. And let me tell you, like, if you if you want to cry a little bit, you should go see this movie. <laughs> and um, it is kind of like it's kind of like a like a Mark Twain story. They do actually outright reference Mark Twain in the film. So uh, Zach, that's the name of the kid with Down syndrome. Not kid. He's 22. OK, he has Down syndrome. And then he gets out of the nursing home. Sorry if that's a spoiler. And he stows away on a boat, and the boat uh, is owned by this guy, Tyler. He's a fisherman, and he's played by Shia LaBeouf. And there's a girl who works at the nursing home who's supposed to take care of Zach, and that's uh, Dakota Johnson. (sighs) Daughter of Don Johnson and Melody Griffith, who, of course... You know, child of oligarchs, successful actress, best known for Fifty Shades of Grey. Do I think Dakota Johnson is a good actress? You know, I actually do. (laughs) I think the movie that did that for me was um, A Bigger Splash. That That was a good movie. If you haven't seen A Bigger Splash, go see that. No, don't go see it. I mean, you watch it, stream it, whatever. Okay. Um, so, you know, Zach tells Tyler that he wants to be a wrestler. And their goal is to basically go meet this wrestler on an island uh, in North Carolina. And they have to get there somehow. So uh, it was really good. And honestly, my opinion on Shia LaBeouf, possibly... The actor of his generation, which is my generation, you know, he's a millennial, an older millennial. I think he's 33. He was really good in it. It was good. Um, and let's see, Zach was played by Zach Gottsagen. He was really good, too. So, yeah, actually, I would recommend The Peanut Butter Falcon. So go see that if you want to cry a little bit. And of course, the last thing I have to talk about is uh, Dave Chappelle. This is all that's been, you know, on the minds of comedians in Los Angeles and beyond. And can I just say something? People act like Dave Chappelle is so controversial. You know, like he, man, he's really like sticking it to the man. You know, he's just saying what he thinks, not giving a fuck. I think I'm more controversial than Dave Chappelle. (laughs) 
I do. I really, I genuinely think that because I, I just watched his new special on Netflix. It's called Sticks and Stones, obviously, right? Sticks and Stones may break my bones. Like, why does, that's such a dumb title. Sorry, Dave. Um, so I watched the special. <sighs> he has some takes that I don't agree with. I mean, I his whole chunk on Michael Jackson I don't like it. I mean, it was. <laughs> Look, I know, I know comedy is about speaking truth to power, okay? Michael Jackson, did he molest children? Probably yes, okay? But Chappelle is taking the hard stance that he didn't. And it's getting kind of tiresome. And he actually talks about in the special how people call him a victim blamer. And he is. Like, he is a victim blamer. I could barely watch that other uh, special he had what was it the the bird revelation Ugh, i could barely make it through anyway i i think this whole special was pretty predictable i felt like nothing he said was as controversial as people are making it out to be i mean i know i'm more controversial i have a new five minutes on getting fingered in public when is Dave Chappelle going to say something as brave as that? Okay. And also, like, he's kind of like... So, you know, in comedy today, like, we kind of accuse a certain subset of comics to be, like, clapter comics. You know, like, comics who just, like, seek approval and they want everyone to be like, yes, yes, you're right. Because they're just, like, saying things that people agree with. And he's kind of doing that in the special, which is kind of interesting, but it's on the opposite side of the spectrum. You know, like, like some would call it, see, I mean, usually when a comic gets applause, it's an applause break, you know, but in this case, in this special, I really felt that he was getting like clapter. It was really interesting. Um, the part I thought was funniest was like, uh, there was a chunk he had about, um, going to get a gun to, uh, get rid of a meth head. He he was going to shoot the meth head with buckshot. I, I don't want to spoil it. Um, and then the Jesse Smollett chunk was really, really funny, but God, like, I don't feel like anything he said was that shocking. I think anybody pretending to be shocked by him is insane now. Also, like, he's old and rich. So, of course, he's going to say things that younger, less successful comedians don't necessarily agree with. But then another thing that's annoying is, like, male comics in particular who will just, like, ride or die for Dave Chappelle no matter what. No matter what he says. I don't know. Why did he wear that jumpsuit? It was kind of distracting. He wore a jumpsuit in the special. Like a... Like a... Army green... Jumpsuit. It was awful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. And, and I made a list of who I think the most controversial comedians are by decade. Um, for the last 50 years. So here we go. Um, 1960s, Lenny Bruce, 1970s, Richard Pryor, 
1980s Eddie Murphy, 1990s Bill Hicks, 2000s early aughts, I'll go with Dave Chappelle, uh, the 2010s, unruly Heather Morley. Um, <laughs> it's true. You know, I was talking with somebody and, and um, I don't know, like, I, yeah, I guess I call it a clapter comic, but, you know, they they say like, you know people who try to be woke on stage they're like you can never be funny and and be woke on stage i mean i'm a woke person i've been woke you know i've been woke since the 90s okay i'd say i i've been woke since like since i ever since i you know knew who was president probably 1993 but uh <laughs> when i was able to understand the concept of the president of the United States of America as a child. Um, I'm, I'm a very open-minded, tolerant person, but also at the same time, I go on stage and I go on stage to kill. I'm not going on stage to get approval. Okay. So that's why I go on stage and talk about getting fingered at the Eiffel Tower. Cause I don't give a fuck. This person I was talking to said that I'm an offensive comedian. I guess so. I guess I'm controversial, folks. I mean, look at me. I have I have men writing me nasty messages. <laughs> men attacking me after I go on stage in the comedy store. See, the climb the climb to success is just getting harder and harder, you know. It gets harder and harder at the top. It's lonely at the top. Am I ruthless enough to climb all the way to the top? We'll see. We'll see. Well, that's all I wanted to talk about uh, this week. Um, I have to plug some shows. So, Sunday, Sunday, September 1st, Labor Day weekend, I'm going to be at Friendship Buddies at Verdugo Bar one of my favorite shows in Los Angeles. Um, let's see. Then Friday, uh, September 6th, I'll be at the 208 Comedy Festival. I'll be there all weekend. Uh, so I think Friday night, Friday night, 8 p.m., I'll be at Woodland Empire Brewing, I think. And then Sunday night at 9 p.m., I'll be at Liquid Laughs for the Sunday Night Showcase. September 9th, I will be at the parlor in Los Angeles, California. Um, September 15th, hosting Chatterbox Comedy Night. Monday, September 16th, Comedy Night at Public House. And that's pretty much it so far. So come to my shows, unless you're Stephen from Hinge. Or that guy from the open mic who thinks I'm Jewish or that I look Jewish. Whatever. He sucks. Guy fucking sucks. Anywho. um, I guess that's it. You know, we did it. We made a pod cast. Should I stop calling it a pod? I'm calling it a pod. Okay. Take care, guys. Have a have a nice week.
the stars.